Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Austin Healy, and it's time to clear a few things up on the Egg Chasers podcast. I'm Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 21 of the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast with me, Tim, him, JB. Hi, Tim. And him, Phil. Hi, Tim. Uh, that was Austin Healy and, uh, yeah, being interrupted by his wingman, Ben Kay, there. And it was those two members of BT Sport that were at the AJ Bell Stadium, along with the rest of the BT team, who we were invited down by. And you're going to get a little bit of behind-the-scenes action from the uh, BT Sport team after a weekend of Premiership Rugby. We'll be looking back at the Premiership Rugby. We'll be looking ahead to the Six Nations and further Premiership games. And we've got a few bits of correspondence from the last podcast that we've got to deal with. So let's open up our mailbag. Thank you very much. You can always get in touch with us by tweeting at Rugby Podcast. Uh, you can start a little talking point and might get the ball rolling on something for the next podcast or you can react to anything you hear on the current podcast. And we talk, we did our lookalike 15 last week and uh, some people have said some that we've missed, some good ones as well, like uh, Charlie Hodgson looking like Dan Aykroyd from <laughs> Ghostbusters, which is a really good lookalike. Uh, from Stereo Mike. Yeah, and also Will Greenwood and Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. That's how he got his nickname, Shaggy. He is an absolute ringer for him. That was from Anthony Green. Thank you. And I like that Clive Woodward one. Yeah, uh, Chris Jane, at Chris Jane, said uh, Clive Woodward looks like Harry Potter's arch nemesis, Vaudelmort. It's <laughs> oh. very good. And uh, then we've had a lot, I'll tell you what, we've had a lot of reaction in the week to the news that Sam Burgess's move to Bath Rugby has been confirmed. Uh, there was a bit of controversy to start with this, so just to recap what's happened, Sam Burgess is slamming Sam, is an amazing rugby league player. He's moving to Bath to, to start next season, but it turned out that the RFU didn't get in touch with every Premiership club and said, mm. 27 Sam Burgess will pay the half million transfer, which has meant some Premiership clubs have absolutely kicked off as you can imagine Gloucester being one of them and have said that's not fair Gloucester of course oh, I'm, I'm sure you're going to send us half a million pound check in the post aren't you the RFU <laughs> the RFU have backtracked and said uh, okay we're not paying for it and Bruce Craig has uh, stepped up dug, dug a little bit deeper into his millions and said deeper you mean skim the surface is that <laughs> what you mean <laughs> go on then I'll stump up the half million quid so anyway he's going to Bath Rugby yeah well that's the only way it could be done because uh, I'm sure if uh, an individual showed up from Newcastle Rugby and said Sam Burgess do you want to come the door would be firmly and powerfully <laughs> slammed in his face <laughs> a lot of the reaction has been just basically giving Phil a load of stick going typical back no 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 typical no, no. back uh, thinks that Sam Burgess will come and just be able to slot in at a second row to, to be fair well, to Phil there are, there are two views here one is that we should bring him in and you know utilise his skills in the way that he's world class in doing and being a ball handling centre and there's Phil's then idiotic plan which is to move him <laughs> to a position that he's never played before and hope for the best well he's a second row in rugby league he can be a second row in union I can imagine him starfish as he's been lifted by Dan Cole. Now, a lot of people are saying that 
I don't appreciate just how technically difficult second row is. But I think I understand it perfectly. You're either bending over and pushing or stood up and jumping. (laughs) And if he doesn't know what to do, he just looks for the other tallest guy on the pitch and copies what he's doing. It's absolutely fine. Damn it, that's it. You've nailed it. (laughs) But to be fair, Phil, in your defence, you have come up with one example of of probably the most successful decorated rugby player on planet Earth. Yeah, a lot of people on Twitter have said that there's... It's only work for back three players like Falau, like Robinson, like Ashton. But yeah, probably the most decorated and arguably the best ever convert is Brad Thorne, who has won Super Rugby with Crusaders. He's won the Tri-Nations, he's won the World Cup and he's won the Heineken Cup. Can you name someone who's done more than that? No. No. And for the record, still playing and captain the Crusaders. Is, is it Highlanders, not Crusaders? No. Oh, is it Highlanders? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at, at 39. Uh, right. Settled. So there's loads of rugby to talk about over the weekend, but did either of you two play over the weekend, Phil? Uh, no. Not uh, injured. Don't tell me no. you're injured. <laughs> Thank goodness I'm not injured again. Not after one week. Um, rained off. Oh. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I know. Waterlog pitch. On JB? Hooker against Warrington. You played hooker? Uh, fifth game in the season at hooker. Wow. Uh, we lost by three points. How's the throwing in? Throwing in's e- the easy bit. Fair enough. Right, well, listen, uh, I have a game of rugby social, so, Ooh. you know, there's rugby socials going in rugby clubs up and down the land. This is rugby social where I look at the social media of professional rugby players and questions based on what they've been tweeting about. So... First question, uh, and this relates to a tweet sent by London Irish Loosehead Prop uh, in their victory over in the last two weeks, actually, over Saracens and London Wasps. More on that in a bit. Um, Matt Parr. He was excited about which new product that he's got. Mm. Was it Coke Zero? The first time he's tried it and he really liked it. Was it Happy Eggs for his post-game omelette? Or was it Palmer's Cocoa Butter for a relaxing Sunday bath? Ah. Mm. That's uh, Matt Parr from London Irish. What do you reckon, JB? Hmm. Uh, I have no idea. I'm going to go for uh, the cocoa butter. Palmer's cocoa <laughs> butter. A, a hairy, grizzly, loose just, head prop. I can just imagine himself getting lathered up. You can? You uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to go to that darkened room next door on your own for that? Happy eggs. What are happy eggs? It's just a brand of eggs. Aren't they just, yeah. Well, he's not going to be excited on a brand. Oh, is he? No one gets excited about Coke Zero. Cocoa butter. You going for cocoa butter? Yes, I am. Correct? Yes. Uh, What what was the tweet? Loving my new Palmer's cocoa butter. And he tweeted (laughs) that on Sunday, uh, the day after the London Irish victory over Wasps. Uh, Next question then, and this one from Carl Ferns. Carl Ferns has been tweeting that he's considering selling what? A signed England Saxons jersey for charity, a mobile phone with Flappy Bird on it, <laughs> or his first car, a rusted Fiat Punto. Hmm. Carl Ferns, the Bath and England Saxons flanker. Flappy Birds. His mobile phone with Flappy Birds <laughs> on it. Ah, it's tempted to go for that, but I don't really want to copy. Um, I'll go for the England shirt for or England Saxon shirt for charity. England Saxon shirt. No, oh. wrong. Uh, the mobile phone with Flappy Bird. In your yes. face. Ugh. Carl Ferns wants to sell his phone for £10,000 if you're interested. Get in touch with Bath Rugby Club for that one. Uh, next tweet comes from Danny Cipriani. 
Can I have double points if I guess what it is before you read it? Go on. Nethquick. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Nethquick chocolate. <laughs> no, no, that's not the answer. Oh, okay. uh, this one is, after a chance meeting over the weekend, who did Danny Cipriani take a liking to? Was it Mayor of London Boris Johnson? Was it former Newcastle United and Tottenham footballer David Ginola? Hmm. Or was it Kelly Brook's boyfriend, ex-gladiator David McIntosh? <laughs> <laughs> this is a great question. <laughs> Danny Cipriani, after a chance meeting over the weekend, took a shine to who? Where has he been? Boris Johnson, David Ginola, Kelly Brook's boyfriend, David McIntosh. Has he been to BT Sport recently? No. I'm going to say Boris Johnson. I'm going to go for Ginola. Because they were on BT Sport together on Saturday morning. Oh, damn it! It was David Ginola. Yes. That means today's game is a draw. Do you not have a tiebreaker? No, I don't have a tiebreaker. <laughs> oh. It's a draw. That was Rugby Social. Uh, so let's talk Premiership oh. then. Danny Cipriani, Carl, well, Carl Ferns wasn't involved actually, and uh, Matt Park were all both involved in some Premiership action. Two of the televised games actually as well. But what caught your eye over the weekend? Obviously we were, and we'll get onto this in a, in a moment, we were invited by BT Sport to be guests at the Sale Sharks v Saracens game. So maybe we'll save and talk about that one in a minute. So what else caught your eye over the weekend? Uh, kind of the turgid display in Welford Road. Um, uh, Leicester won by pure grit, but Gloucester offered very little, probably nothing. Gloucester's try, uh, Sharple's try, was very good, wasn't yeah, it? Really the, good. Um, kind of half outside break by Trinder, mm. passed to uh, Thomas and then back inside to Sharple. That looked really good. What they're missing? But their, their scrum just fell oh. apart. But I think turgid was probably a good description. However, the game at Sandy Park was probably anything but turgid. Yeah, that was excellent, wasn't mm. it? Some, well, good, some really good tries for, by, by both teams. Exeter keep coming out on the wrong side of a narrow defeat. Yeah. Must be, and then every time they play, they look like a good team. They're yeah. just not doing it. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I've gone from them winning the Premiership to not making the playoffs. Well, not, top six, they'd, be, they, they'd want to be looking at at the minute. That's looking dicey at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. They've had a real bad patch of form, but like you say, it's they're getting in the arm wrestle. They're getting right there and then just not quite converting. Rob Baxter looked a bit. Confused, he was just saying that the players are doing stuff we don't coach. They're not following. They're not executing the but plan they, we give them. I'm, but they are though in a way, aren't they? I mean, they're always they're playing well. I mean, they come off and they're not. These aren't shameful performances. They're not like yeah, we need to overhaul it. They've got the the core of a good team and they play well. No, I think what not... Rob, Rob Baxter said, said: decisions are being made on the field which are not what mm. we do and what we plan for. Some of the decision making is not being done. That yeah. must be infuriating for him. But no, George Ford, how we've got to, we've talked about it before, we've got to have George Ford on the bench this weekend against Ireland, surely. You can't not. Absolutely. Um, Because he can change a game, create those half breaks or those full breaks that set up tries. He's he's playing really, really well. And more than that, if after 20 minutes Owen Farrell gets injured and goes off, do you want 60 minutes of Alex Goode? He's a solid, solid player. Yeah, but solid isn't, Mm. you know... Doesn't pay any bills. There are so many players that I I take ahead of Good. So many. I also went to London Irish visiting London Wasps and mm. fair play London Irish looking really struggling early, earlier in the season. But that's two back to back victories away from home at Saracens and London Wasps. That's um, that's backing it up. And London Irish definitely deserved it, even with thirty odd minutes. 
down to 14 men for the red card from Tommaso O'Leary. But what I really liked was the honesty of Di Young. I don't think there's a more <laughs> honest director of rugby in the Aviva Premiership. Uh, I, it feels like I need some sad music as I talk about this, but just have a listen to Di Young's dissection when I uh, chat to him after the game. I thought Irish showed more intent and more aggression in everything they did today. And I thought we lost all the collisions, both with and without the ball. Got fed out dinner really at the tackle area, I think. You know, in all reality, I didn't think we looked like uh, achieving much, really. I don't think we probably got past three or four phases all game, really. I thought, as I said, going into the last ten minutes with a win behind you, you know, you'd like to think that you, you got enough about us to, to go and win that game, but uh, today we, we just didn't do it. He's the, he's the opposite of Dean Ryan with Dean uh. we're, doing, we're getting better we keep getting better we're definitely getting better <laughs> he's like yeah we, we were terrible everything was bad who did um, the Worcester play this year well, uh, this week sorry this year. Um, well the Worcester Northampton game oh god was the only one mm. that didn't finish within five points the teams didn't finish within five points yeah, of each other it was tight wasn't it all the games all the games besides that one um, where Northampton won 30-14 Worcester didn't help themselves by having uh, Jonathan Thomas red carded uh, it was a punch but um, you've got a look at Sam Dickinson and the way he took that punch it was a punch to the face but it wasn't a great punch to the face it was there was hardly any contact it was, it was like a haymaker that you get at half past two outside a pub where someone's so drunk they can't actually see the person they're but trying they, to hit they also stop halfway through and just barely make contact yeah. and they, oh no uh, I hate this. I hate it so much. Uh, I hate all this litigious stuff. And uh, I mean, we, we were playing on on Saturday, and someone grabbed one of our guys uh, by the collar, and we we're all up in arms like footballers. High tackle! High tackle! This obsession with letter of the law has got to stop. It has to stop. It's awful. Back in the day, it'd be Sam Dickinson sent off for bringing the game into disrepute, and that's exactly what should be now. He should be dragged in front of a panel, and then. Uh, uh, and then and then suspended. <laughs> the prop for Gloucester, the uh, Polynesian lad, who who is he? Perfiti. Him. He made an incredible hit on a Leicester player. Absolutely smashed him. The referee stopped the game, went upstairs and asked for foul play for a big hit. Yeah, yeah. they go upstairs and they come back and go, no foul play reported. I, if, if, most people watch rugby because in their in their day to day job they do things like I don't know stick stick to rules. We want to <laughs> we want to see we want to see heads coming off and it just <laughs> makes me despair. But what we don't want to see, which is kind of where Sam Dickinson touches on, I know for a fact I could not take a punch from Jonathan Thomas. But Sam, uh, I do think Sam, Sam, Sam Dickinson should, should be seriously censored, fined, or banned from the game. You could have taken that punch. It wasn't. A proper punch. It was. Proper it was punch. like a, a get off me. Yeah, still, I'm not going to risk it. <laughs> is there more gamesmanship or conning the referee or appealing? Is that is that starting to creep in a bit more? It is. I think as, as pressure, as money pressures grow and pressures on coaches grow, and they just want to win. It's, uh, an, it's inevitable. But uh, I, has it not always been there? And like. Well, they always used to say about the streetwise old forwards yeah, no, who'd be... That was enjoyable. I mean, I don't mind watching people cheat. And the whole point is, <laughs> right, if you're going to cheat, you've got to do it behind, behind the ref's back. But now you've got all these hawk-eyed... You make it sound you know, like a, I don't know, a pantomime. Ooh, the, the nasty man just cheating <laughs> behind his back. The, another Premiership game, again, the one that was... It was the Friday night match in the... Funnily enough, it was raining in the northwest of England. <laughs> in Salford. 
it was horrible conditions once again at the AJ Bell Stadium. It was just a win for Saracens. They, they deserved the win. Charlie Hodgson slotted the goals and and whatnot. You put uh, quite a downward spin on that. I I really enjoyed enjoyed that game. I thought it was actually quite an interesting game to watch. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. Maybe it was just the uh, glitz and glamour of being in between the two dugouts. Yes, maybe. And having uh, the VIP drinks lounge where we could <laughs> make a, make make a, a hot, bovril. hot bovril at half-time. <laughs> I made a bovril for Saracen's coach. One of the things which I saw in the sale game, and I can relate this directly to like my level of rugby because it happened to us a few weeks ago, was that we were defeated uh, by Birkenhead Park comfortably when they were playing basically one-up rugby. And from what I saw in the sale game, it was exactly the same, which is one-up rugby. And the reason that's important is because you can only beat another team with one-up rugby if you're seriously, seriously good. Every man on that field has got to be better than his opposite man. Well, every man to one out from the standoff has to be seriously better than... They were just relentless, and I think that was the difference. Like The sheer quality of their squad means they don't have to have a complex game plan to win games. They can just bludgeon you to death. With that said, they together. should have put the game to bed. Duncan Taylor should have scored yeah. twice. Yeah. Yeah. And Mark Cueto should have been in the bin and a penalty try in the first five minutes. So It, definitely have it been... could have been a load more comfortable for Saracens. big thing for me for Saracens, though, was the strength of their bench. The players that they brought on, when Sale were bringing on like Ross Harrison and Will Cliff, Saracens were bringing on... Neil de Kock. Neil de Kock, Schalk Britz, mm. James Johnson, yeah. like international stars. Now, here's a bit of a naff thing to say. Did anyone think that all the Saracens are very happy to be Saracens? Yeah. Like a very tight team. Absolutely. You might think travelling on a Friday night from your nice, comfortable home in St Albans all the way up to <laughs> Salford when it's freezing and pouring down they'd be a bit annoyed about it but they seemed they were really, really upbeat really happy they were going on a, a bit of a night out in Manchester staying over in Manchester having a few beers afterwards yeah just like and also if you listen, if you listen to the respective change rooms because we were outside both of them yeah like the, the, the atmosphere in that Saracens camp is just overwhelmingly positive yeah they're all ha- happy to be there you've got a feeling that they're a real team I completely agree with that but in fact I've got a clip of it here because we were stood outside the changing room after the game that's the door shutting, by the way. <laughs> I think they're downing it. Also, jug, they're downing jug, some jug. drinks at Jug, aren't they? <laughs> so they're downing it. They're, they're downing drinks within five minutes of the end of a match. Yeah. Yeah, this was straight straight after coming off, wasn't it? Yeah, this is actually... And then... <laughs> so I can't confirm, they still do that after yeah. victories. Do you know what's really funny? Um... Uh, BT Sport that wonderful broadcaster um, had Alex Good on uh, one week and they asked him like uh, what is that song that Saracens are singing because you'd all see him but you couldn't hear him and he refused to say what the song was 
I understand it now. It's not that you refuse to say it. You literally could not describe <laughs> that to someone else. Could no. you? What's all you saying? It's licky ticky tonga, massa massa wire. Yeah, yeah. you the, can understand the it. The only time that the sale the sale team look like a team and they look happy is when Steve Diamond's looking directly at them in the <laughs> force <laughs> high five. <laughs> but happy boss. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting. Sorry, Phil. You were going to say something, but um, I was just going to say that it, it's a weird one because actually, when I was at London Wasps, London Irish, I was watching. Elliot Daly at fullback for London Wasps thinking this kid is special mm. he is a hell of a talent and then going what What's, where's Rob Miller going to play in this team when they've got everyone available and it's, yeah. I just thought actually he, he's a guaranteed starter for sale and I don't know if he's going to be a guaranteed starter or anywhere near I, I, it for Wasps I, I think he absolutely won't be oh, well, with I, uh, Van Dell and Wade on the wings I yeah. have nothing to back this view up but I, what I suspect is going on at sale at the moment is like all like all the players in, in training are like writing on notes get me out of here and like throwing it over the Carrington fence to, to agents or putting messages in bottles and throwing them in the Mersey doesn't seem to be a fashionable a fashionable place to be <laughs> yeah. does it James yeah. Gaskell call <laughs> get me out of here speaking of James Gaskell his legs are normal size He's six yes. foot seven, yes. and he's got normal sized legs. A very long body. So we saw him stood next to Dan Braid, who's like <laughs> probably five eleven, six foot. Not like he's well, very well built. At but least not half the, a foot shorter. Yeah. At least. And their legs, their waists were exactly the same height, but it's just their bodies were he's completely got different. Very long, very long body. Looking a bit bigger though, because everyone said that you know he's, he's not. He's bulked up a bit. Yeah, not bulking enough. Playing very well. I know. I know. Again, watching Wasp, I think they've signed him as a number eight. The, yeah, because they've got Sam Jones playing there, and they had Haskell at seven and Johnson at six which isn't a balanced back row in my opinion is it not particularly Sam Jones well I mean it balanced on a seesaw Mm. but nothing else Um, (laughs) one last thing from the the Sale Saracens game Uh, me and Jay were stood in the tunnel as the players came out for the match and Jay was doe-eyed staring at Jacques Berger as he passed incredible specimen Um, Jacques Berger was actually bleeding before he got onto the pitch (laughs) (laughs) he had a <laughs> Jay has gone misty eyed again. <laughs> well, and also they were saying that the first three games of the year he's had to be stitched up on his face <laughs> yeah. five times. In the yeah. first five times, in, in the first four five. games he was stitched up five That's times. It, yeah, according yeah. to the Saracens medical staff. Yeah. And, they were uh, exhausted. And one of the guys in the that uh, was in the tunnel as well when we mentioned Jack Berger we were laughing about how much Jay loved him. He was going He's got a screw loose, that fella. He's a, he's, he's actually mad. <laughs> that was the, the Saracen's own description of Jack Berger. Uh, right, that's the Premiership then. And uh, like you said, we were at uh, Sale Sharks v Saracens as guests of BT Sport, which meant we got access to everywhere. The press conferences, the, the tunnel, and, as you're about to hear, the broadcast truck. We went and met Alice Corbiziero's sister, it was, very, it was very nice, and she showed didn't us around. Didn't rap for us. Didn't, Sorry? Didn't rap for us. She didn't rap for us. We didn't ask us. her. We, we failed her. Well, that's all right, Jay. We can, uh, we can do the real deal here. Hold on. Here he is. Here's your boy. Keep it kind of quiet. People on a diet. Scrum is straight. Term is right. I don't deny it. Test me. Try it. Style you don't buy it. I'm going to grab the microphone and start to fly it. So I can only imagine that Claudia Corbiziero is equally as good, but she's a very good at her job for BT Sport, and she helped us go and have a little natter with Alistair Eakin, the commentator. And, uh, yeah, we had a really, really good chat with him. Here it is. Well, we're in the inner sanctum of BT Sport here in the in the broadcast truck post-game with 
the anchor, the main man commentator, Alistair Eakin. Hi, how are you doing? Nice to see you. Very good. See, we said we wanted the big talent, so we've, we've ditched off Ben K, Oz, <laughs> all the rest of it, we've got you. Yeah, the reality is they've all gone home. I'm the last man standing. <laughs> yeah, how does it work post-game? Because there's not too much to talk about with the match. We're after Saracens did a job on sale, but a bit of an ugly game. Not a, not a classic that's going to live long in the memory. No, I think, I think, I think in fact, I've forgotten it already. It was, um, it was one of those winter slogs, wasn't it? And kind of intriguing in its own way, but we're all kind of waiting for springtime, aren't we? A bit firmer ground, ball in hand. It was fun in as much as, you know, two, two heavy packs going at it. Um, but yeah, maybe one for the purist. But I, I'm quite fascinated about how, how the team works. You mentioned the, the talent slope off. Um, <laughs> are you the straight man and, and they're, the, yeah. they're the clowns? Very straight, yeah. Very straight. I mean, they, they, they obviously Austin and Ben have worked a long time together, so they, they, they have a sort of natural rhythm to the way they work, so I'm just kind of getting to getting to know that, I guess. Um, and they are they are ruthless when it comes to any kind of innuendo on, on commentary, and today I fell into a, a massive hole, which... Uh, which so to speak. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go again. You see, you see how easy it is. Um, but uh, you, you, you just mention a, a, a word that could be misconstrued in a different way, and you're in so much trouble. And they just stand there giggling, microphones by their side, just you know, shoulders heaving with laughter. And I'm stuck there, like, you know, there's nothing, there's nowhere to go, there's nothing you can do. You just have to suck it up, I guess, and get on with it. But it's good fun. And um, they, they, I mean, they normally, they normally knock around for a little bit post match. But um, you know, when you come. To, to sail on a Friday night, I guess getting away is is, is one, one of the key elements. No, we've got to live here, Alistair. We've got to live here. Uh, JB, you've, I mean, you've seen Ben K and uh, Oz doing a, doing their after dinner speaking, and they're a bit they're a proper double act, aren't they? They're, yeah. I, to be fair, the double act is probably one of the funniest after dinner things I've, I've ever seen. It, it, it was absolutely brilliant. So who's got the worst chat out of the team? Come on. The worst chat. <laughs> oh dear. Well, I tell you what, you have to be quick because they're all they're all quick witted. You know, they've got they've got a line for you. So if you're slow, if you're a bit, if you're a little bit off the pace, if you've had a late night, or you know you're not really concentrating and tuned in, they can pick you off in an instant. So I'd probably be right at the bottom of the heap yeah. for chat. Um, yeah, Lawrence sometimes gets called out now and then. Um, if I'm if I'm being honest, um, I wouldn't tell him that to his face. He doesn't listen, does he? Um, so yeah, it's it's one of those things. You know, in a team environment, you, you need the banter, and it's good fun. And um, you know, it, it, I, th- I think we, we try and get the balance right. Try. Yeah. So obviously, with your role, you've got you're going to Leicester, great ground, Bath, one of the great sports grounds probably in the world, Northampton. How excited do you get when you see AJ Bell Stadium? <laughs> Ah, that's there. Are you looking for me to fall into another trap? (laughs) Look, it's not the it's not the greatest of spots, is it? I don't think the fans, you know, they don't they don't like it here. Clearly, the numbers are down, aren't they? I don't know. I think it's a problem, but you know, there's no there's no easy solution. Um, You'd like to think that with Sale doing well, they'll get the numbers back up, and you know, the the, the fans will start to flood in again. But it's difficult, and yeah, it's a bit of an outpost. Bit of an outpost. So, how does it work, Alistair? Like um, after a game, now you said you, you. come to the wondrous Salford uh, AJ Bell Stadium. Do you do you all not kick back in a hotel? Have a couple of yeah, we nightcaps. Are. We, we are we are going to go back to the hotel and hopefully there'll be a nightcap there. But we've got we got a pretty early start because we're down to Exeter tomorrow. Oh, so yeah, doing again. the uh, the Exeter bath match is that on a plane. That is on a plane. Yeah. Are these um, guys in the truck going all the driving through the night? Well, some are. There's a variety. Is planes, trains, and automobiles. We're getting a big nod from one of the engineers. Yeah. No, I think I think there's a variety of different you know methods by which people are, are making it down there. 
of course the, the weather's not helping half the country's underwater <laughs> so um, yeah I'm, we're getting a plane a handful of us so um, I'm quite pleased about that because on the plus side you get to watch ex Sabath, which would be awesome yeah well that should be a belter I'm really hoping I mean providing we don't get another storm come our way and, and that, that place gets lashed doesn't it with the best of them so hopefully it'll be a little bit drier and we'll, we'll maybe see a little bit more rugby do you have a team yourself so to speak or one that's well, I'm from, I, I'm from Gloucestershire so Gloucester are my team um, they're the team I supported as a kid and they're the, they're the team I look out for did you see Ryan Walkinshaw saying um, anything less than fourth is a failure top six is the minimum we should ever expect well I wouldn't want to be Nigel Davis hearing that because they're in trouble and they have been in trouble for a long time haven't they they've had a terrible season um, you, you ask any of the guys working here they, they all did you probably saw at the start of the season they put those um, they put those envelopes together where everybody put in their top four or top six etc and who was going to be bottom and I think if you open those envelopes now you're going to get a bit of a shock because a lot of people had Gloucester in the certainly top six and pushing for that fourth spot I think so they've got a lot of work to do and I, I yeah I I mean, Nigel Davis, he, to be honest, right now he looks he looks like a bit of a beaten man. Every time he comes before the cameras, he has a he has a kind of rather sallow look about him, which troubles me a bit as a as a Gloucester supporter. Um, and you want to see them doing well, don't you? They've got such incredible talent there. I want to see Ben Morgan on the front foot. I want to see Kvesic, you know, pushing Robshaw for that seven shirt with England. I want to see Sinbad and Trinder and all these guys carving it up. And um, they're a shadow of themselves at the moment. How do you, how how much do you think the transfers of Afoa and Hibardal, how much difference do you think that'll make? I think it'll make a big difference. It'll make a big difference um, because their pack has been going backwards for, for a long time, hasn't it, this season? And that, that will that will be shored up, no question about it. But I think their, their troubles run a little bit deeper than that. And I, I, I'd like to see one more nasty man added to their pack the somewhere row, second row back row yeah I'd preferably a second row I think they've got enough back rows you've got Morgan Cressett you've got Callum Afoni you've got others who can slot in there Stooks coming along really well I think um, I'd like to see one more grizzled hard man well, in there I mean, somewhere well I mean the good news is Dean Ryan, Ryan should be available so uh... <laughs> yeah will he, will he put his boots on again he'll probably still get picked uh, well Ali great to speak to you thanks for coming on the podcast great pleasure and we look forward to catching you again Good luck, guys. There you go. And thank you very much to Alistair Eakin and to everyone at BT Sport for having us. And now it's time to move on. Uh, we're going to talk about Six Nations in a minute, as you'd imagine, with the big games coming up this coming weekend. But right now, a game of Scott Quinnell Bingo. Are you ready for this, boys? Ooh. Oh, yes, please. Should we play Quinnell Bingo? Um, yes. So yes. I, I've got a little clip of Scott Quinnell, one of his rousing speeches from School of Hard Knocks. And Phil and JB, you're going to bid how many words you can say that Scott Quinnell will say in his should we pick three each or three four each. Four, four, yeah you take it in turns okay I'm going to go with pride 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 slash proud alright um, family believe believe or belief well, believe I'm going to go for warriors ooh I don't think that's coming up passion Belief, passion, and pride. <laughs> and so uh, far, Phil got family, warriors. And I'm going to go for dragon. <laughs> <laughs> unleash the dragon. I've unleashed the dragon. I've unleashed the dragon. I've unleashed the dragon. 
let's hear. Right, well, so you've got so JB's gone. Pride, belief, passion, Phil, family warriors, dragon. Uh, let's have a listen. This is Scott Quinnell Bingo. I'm just so so excited. I don't know whether it's a bit of nerves, anticipation. It's going to be a battle. Battle. Eight weeks ago, Nerves. you made the choice to walk through that door. I want an opportunity in life. Opportunity. I want to go out and I want to be better rugby player. I want to be a better person. But more importantly, I want to be part of something Ooh, that say- will change not only mine but the rest of our lives. Lives is coming I'm up so a lot. I'm so proud of you, lad. Proud, Jamie. Yes. We've I mean, had yes. highs, we've had lows. The butterflies, those nerves in your stomach, oh, if they are there now, when we walk out that door, they turn to dragons. <laughs> yeah! oh, no! Because they get bigger and they get stronger. <laughs> that is, that is a biological and fact. And those dragons this year, <laughs> I am convinced, are going to breathe fire. We are going to go out and we are going to be School of Hard Knocks, the team that brings home the bacon! Come on! Are we ready? Oh, hang on. Did he say they're going to bring home the bacon? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to bring home the bacon! The thing is, he actually means that. Get yourself to Tesco's now! <laughs> Smoked back bacon extra thick! Grill it! Put it on a piece of bread! I want tomato ketchup! <laughs> if Scott Quinnell told you to get some bacon, you're going to go and get some bacon. <laughs> on your dragon. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> One all. One all. One Damn. all. JB got pride and uh, Phil got dragon. I never thought dragon would come up again. <laughs> <laughs> Neither did I, to be honest. Uh, also, as grass on biology is fairly ropey, butterflies do not turn into dragons. <laughs> <laughs> we not hear Attenborough saying that, that's for sure. All right. Well, listen, we've talked premiership, um, but let's talk Six Nations. And mm. kind of a, a little something related to the Six Nations, uh, but also whilst we link it to the Premiership again, um, Dan Cole's not going to be playing for England against Ireland. Huge blow. And I say that not because I think Dan Cole is an exceptional player, but because I think the cover is... Well, Thomas is a little inexperienced and Wilson played his first game at the weekend for Bath in three, four months he looked overweight and unfit. The second half, he, sorry, the, the end of the first half, he was walking about the pitch mm-hmm. and he got taken off no more than 10 minutes into the second half. So to ask him to start against Ireland, I think is too much. Richard Cockrell said, I'll mention this in previous podcasts, Richard Cockrell once said the most important position in his team is tighted prop. The second most important position in his team is reserve tighted prop. Yeah. So it is a massively important position in, in rugby and against Key and Healy, yeah, whoever starts for England at tight head prop has got their work cut out, and it could be a really, really influential aspect to the game. So losing Dan Cole and his fifty odd caps of experience is is massive. How many caps is it? It's forty five caps. Forty five caps. Beg your pardon. Uh, the one thing I will say about uh, Lancaster is he does it his own way, and you have got to respect him for that. And he's set, decided Dan Cole's his prop, and so, you know, off he goes. Fine. I actually think Matt Stevens is is one that you want to look at as a replacement, at least. Maybe start with Wilson, have Stevens on the bench. If Wilson hadn't been injured, 
I would I would say Wilson. I yeah, thought he, he's I mean, been playing really well at the start of the season. And if you saw any of the game tape of him from the summer tour of Argentina, where he was the the first choice because Dan Cole yeah. was with the Lions, he was excellent. He was really good against obviously against the very good Argentinian props. If you assume that Matt Stevens is retired and will remain so, and he's not available, you would have to say there's there's, there's a lot of young, unproven tight head props. Well, I say a lot. There's a few unproven young tight head props. Yeah. Henry Thomas being currently the well the best of those according to the England coach yeah. and he is a special talent I've watched him for a few years now he is a special talent his all round game he's a proper modern day prop but he's going to have to do the, the, the scrummaging against Keane Healy yeah, yeah and he's, he's not played that much Cobblas has started more games than him for sale Yeah, in the last three weeks Henry Thomas has only played uh, about 20 minutes of rugby mm. so if you're asking him to start and play was presumably 60 minutes. I, I don't think he's got that in him at the moment. So, so basically what you're saying is you've got an unfit David Wilson, you've got a, um, an, un, an undercooked Henry Thomas, yeah. Matt Stevens not being available. Who else is there? Harlequins have got, well, they've got three English tight heads. Will Collier, who's been starting for most of the season, but is now injured. He's been injured for about a month. Uh, Paul Doran Jones, who's been starting, but not looking great. Uh, Newcastle have got Kieran B- Kieran Brooks. Who's, not an option. Who's 23, who's solid. He had a spell at Leicester, didn't he? I played against Kieran Brooks. Have you? Yeah, uh, he played for Fylde when we played him in the Cup. Right. He's quite good. <laughs> Wasps have got Jake cooper Woolley, who's 24. Um, he's only really been around this season. I don't think he played too, too much before that. I, I've seen a bit of him this season. I, I don't mm. really rate him that highly. No. I, I definitely have Collier ahead of him. I definitely have Henry Thomas ahead of him. Possibly Kieran Brooks. But so I'll, is that basically what we're saying? That actually, an under an underprepared, maybe slightly ring rusty Henry Thomas and an unfit, underprepared David Wilson are the only and best options we have against mm. Ireland. If you assume that That's Matt Stevens has ruled himself out. Because yeah. I would like to see Lancaster bring him into the squad. We've got games to win right now. Yeah, exactly. That's what international rugby and should I, all be about. I think Stevens would give us the best opportunity uh, to do that. That goes back to my point, which I don't think international rugby should be run like club rugby, which is, oh, let's blood him early, let's you know, develop him through, get, get into international class. No, you pick the international class player. Who, so whoever is best at that position at that time, regardless of age, plays. At the moment, Saracens are preferring Stevens, Stevens. to... To Johnson, so you know, yeah, he's still got it. He it's must, he must have it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he was. It was only last year, like eight nine months ago, that he was on a Lions tour. Yeah, and before before he was he was banned, he was making some serious headway. Yeah, well, he, with up. a head that size, <laughs> well, <laughs> no <yeah>. surprise. <laughs> got a massive Swede. They they have a problem, but they also have a solution. It's just whether they decide to use that solution. Mm. But how do you see how do you see it panning out? I think that has. I think that's a slight game changer uh, potentially for the Saturday's match Ireland visiting Twickenham Me too Genuinely prior to this I would have put um, England as marginal favourites because they're at home Um, Now I think Ireland will really attack the English scrum they'll win penalties from it and that with uh, Sexton kicking corners and sticks I think they'll win the game back Ireland this weekend I think I do now as well Mm. Um, it's just amazing. I really how, want England to win. How big an influence that is, but to open up the tournament. Yeah. If, if yeah. Ireland win this, um, they've still got to go to France for the final game of the well, season. Let's just, let's just play it safe and have an England win, <laughs> and that'd be great. 
a, a Welsh victory on the Friday, an England win, and then all is right. Oh, with yes, Friday night rugby. Friday. Oh, yeah. Love it, love it. Do you? I, I think do. it's a terrible idea. Personally. I think it's great, yeah. No, I, I think they should all, all be on Saturdays, and it should start at like 12 o'clock and go all the way through to the evening. You can watch three games back to back. I'm happy with it on Friday because, well, we'll be playing on Saturday, so. Well, sorry, I'm playing on Saturday, so. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not. How do you see that one going, Wales, Wales, France? Then uh, you're, you're a Welshman, JB. What, what are you thinking? Is it just patriotism here? Because it's tough. It's I tough. I don't know. I mean, we've had the better of them for the last few years. Um, they're coming to our place, so I honestly don't know. I, I've got a sneaking suspicion we might capitulate to France. Mm. I've not been that impressed by France, though. I've really not. I, I said this last week, and they beat Italy by twenty points, but they only scored three long-range tries. They were opportunistic and, and well finished. But they weren't kind of they weren't as dominant as I expected them to be. If there's one thing Wales have proven their ability to do, it's to dig deep and find <laughs> some resolve. Well, if you just unleash a, unleash a dragon, it's fine. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go for Wales on Friday night. I fancy Wales at home. I hope you're right. I don't know. Get the pyrotechnics going there in the millennium. Shut the roof. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And then the potential wooden spoon decider. Yes, this is a tasty game for other in, reasons. In Italy. I'm hoping more than anything above all the rugby, above the result. I'm hoping Italy wear their change kit so we can see the <laughs> so we can see Sergio Parisi just running out at home. Running out with the, the majestic white Italy change kits all to add like, to their majestic blue kit. All as looking well. like race cars. Oh, it's a beautiful sight. It's a beautiful sight. But Scotland, Scotland look were terrible. Yeah. I wonder if all this criticism of the Scotland team is going to really backfire on someone. Like they're going to come out and have a stormer because they are all professional players. They do all have pride. I'm, I'm um, just just thinking about the times when it's actually happened. Like they beat England a few years ago when it was pouring down, oh, and Dan, l- Dan Parks just put high high balls up and kicked the corners, and it would just. Oh, it was awful to watch. I really like those games. But that, I, that's the only way I can see Scotland winning at the moment. Well, I was going to say, they could they could play really well. They could play brilliantly, but scoring tries is what they can't do. Uh, yeah. well, they need Kelly Brown back. I mean, why would you drop your captain? Mm, it's, and why would you take... Well, Fizarro did play quite well. He might not, but Kelly Brown's the captain and he's an absolute specimen. And yeah, he played on, really well. Seeing him on Friday up, up close in the flesh, you realise what, what a good player he is. Scotland, if they had both Maitland and, and Visser on the wings they'd yeah, look a lot more dangerous but yeah. that, those two are, are big blows I'm going to go for a home win Italy win we're going Wales Italy Ireland mm. yeah well I've got some rugby oki to, to finish off with it's related to England Ireland and this is a Ronan O'Gara right Rog obviously not going to be involved this time but uh, this is him Singing in a traffic jam in his car. Singing in in a traffic jam in his car. Yeah. Who recorded this? This was for Tom Tom Satnav. Oh what? right! Wow. It's kind of a sponsored thing. <laughs> he's uh, he's singing. So there's a car full of there's a car full of people. Him and some other reprobates. I don't know. They, they don't look like rugby players to me. Some very strange things go go, go on across the Irish Sea, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Very this is uh, this people. is Ronan O'Gara singing Queens. I want to break free. I want to break free. I want to break free. It's one of his mates. Here goes Ronan. I want to break free from your lies. You're so satisfied. Oh, God. I want to break free. God knows. 
to break free I've fallen in love Don't dance, Ronan This is horrendous and if, what are they selling here? Yes! Oh, God. Ronan is dancing. That's some serious dance moves he's doing. I wonder if uh, TomTom sales went up on release of this advert. <laughs> I have no idea. I, they should use that for television sales, because I'd definitely smash mine if it came on. <laughs> that was bizarre. I think we should salvage the situation by being sung out by something good on the, on the podcast. JB, what, what should we be sung out by? Munster. I know, I keep saying that. I, lo- I, lo- I love that song. No, that's fine. We'll do that. Hold on a minute. Stand up. <laughs> it ties in with England Island as well, and it's showing oh. that, that Ireland is a place of quality music and good tunes, so it's not just all Ronan O'Gara. We'll see you on the next one. Enjoy the rugby, and we'll be back to dissect it all uh, following the weekend's Premiership and Six Nations action. Here is Munster singing us out then with Stand Up and Fight. This is the squad in the changing room following a victory. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.